0: It's time to get inside the Giants Huddle 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 on Giants.com. Here we go. Here we go. In the Giants Mobile. Get them in there. Let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. We're back with the crusty old scout edition of the Giants (laughs) Huddle Podcast. Judge Schwelk with you. Today's guest, former NFL scout, is Brian Broadus. But first, just a reminder, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants Mobile App and your favorite podcast platforms. Our guest is Brian Broaddus, former NFL scout, Super Bowl champion. You can hear him down on the fan in Dallas, Brian. You, you're just coming off doing what, like nine straight hours of radio. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, I, actually, we do a five-hour show here, which is crazy. I, I don't know why we do this, but for some reason, they feel like that we could talk for five hours and be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I used to just, Johnny, I used to have to worry about the crusty. head, had to just worry about football. Now I got to worry about baseball, basketball, hockey, and all that. But you know, my first love is that NFL draft. So I'm really excited about being on with you again. Uh, it seems like every year, it's kind of like the Masters. This time of year, you and I get together, and so it's a, it's a, it's always a lot of fun for me to visit with you
0: guys. Well, I'm happy to say that Kristaps Porzingis and his knees are now your problem and not mine, which is always a good thing. Um, <laughs> All right, let's get to it. And now, see now, Brian. For the folks that don't know, he used to you know work for the Cowboys um, for the website, being a draft analyst and all that stuff. He told us to work for the draft show, great podcast. You guys check it out. They do all draft stuff, not just Cowboys. And you know, Brian, it's funny. The Cowboys and Giants are picking back to back this year, so both of us have kind of been trying to look at the same group of players. So let me put it to you this way first. I'll be real simple for you. What players are you keeping an eye on the most? That you're saying, boy. I hope this guy drops to 10 because I think that's just not a great value, but at a position of value as well.
1: Yeah, I know. And it's funny that you do. It's, it's really the way of the division. If you look about, you know, where, you know, Philadelphia, where they're at and then, you know, with them trading back, but yeah, the Cowboys and giants, I mean, there's a lot of teams, the, the football team, you know, I mean, in this division, you know, the one thing that we've, you have to, we've learned is that, you know, you better find a way to go get players and, you know, and, and you can't miss on drafts. You can't miss on, because, you know, I know with the Cowboys, they just don't spend a whole heck of a lot of money in free agency. That's just not, I mean, the big expenditure was getting Dak Prescott done and that was really it for free agency. So Steven Jones and Will McClay and those guys, they look at the NFL draft and yeah, you know, and, and, John, giant fans will know this, a playing against the Cowboys twice a year, you know, the Cowboys struggled badly in the secondary. And whether it was at corner, whether it was at safety, well, overall, defense struggled, too. I mean, you could – if you're, the, if you're, a, if you're a f- watching the Cowboys draft and you say, well, what's their team need? You could name any defensive position and you would be <laughs> right. Because they had, they had poor play at defensive tackle. They really didn't get all they needed out of the defensive ends. The linebackers with Leighton Van and you know, with Jalen Smith, they, they didn't play very well. They were banged up through the year. They really weren't good at free safety last year. They've made some moves at safety to try and uh, that's what Will McClay likes to do. And Steven Jones, they like to add a, a uh, like a bottom end free agent in order so they don't have to go that route, but they'll still draft a guy if they can, if it's in the position. So yeah, any one of those defensive positions. But we're also in, I know, looking at Dallas last year with what they did with C.D. Lamb. And, you know, they, they took the best player on their board at 17. They didn't, force a, they didn't force a pick at defensive end, which could have clearly been something that, you know, the whole time the draft process, we're just talking about defensive ends and ends and ends and ends. And, ends, and then they draft C.D. Lamb. And, and I'm like, my gosh, they actually took the best player on their board. So the fact that they've done it one time, you know, they are open to potentially taking an offensive player. And, uh, you know, when you look at names like uh, when when we've talked about Pitts a bunch here, would, you know, would the team take a tight end? I don't look at him as a tight end. I look at him as a weapon. I look at him as a 6'6", 245 pound guy that's got incredible length that you have to fight through to get to the ball. And he's going to catch 90% of the targets he's thrown to him. So, you know, that's a weapon. But do you look at one of those offensive tackles? You know, the Cowboys have struggled with that position with the health of Tyron Smith. He's 10 years in the league. He's 31 years old. He works out really hard, gets everything going the right way, comes to camp. He gets hurt in practice. He gets hurt in the games. They didn't have any snaps for Lyle Collins last year if one of those offensive tackles gets to them. So I I named a couple of positions with Pitts, those two tackles, Sewell and Slater, and then the rest of it could be what's going to happen at the cornerback spot with Farley from Virginia Tech now being out of the mix because of the back issues. That takes a quality corner out, and the Cowboys could surely use a cornerback. They're monitoring the situation with Sertan and Horn and seeing how things happen in front of them. there.
0: Yeah, and I think you kind of hit an interesting point here, Brian. What's, who's the best defensive player in this draft? Is it Sertanic corner? He's probably the safest player on top of the board, right? Then you have right. Michael Parsons. We know he's going to be a great first and second down linebacker. He can go downhill. He can blitz on third down. But mm-hmm. are you picking a guy at 10 or 11, if you're the Giants or the Cowboys, that you're not sure is going to become a cover guy on third down and you have to blitz him? That's something I ask. And then you said the magic words giant fans want an edge rusher, but is, if you're picking an edge rusher at 10 or 11, is that a reach? Is that really a top 10 player? I don't know the answer to that question. So I think that's kind of the interesting thing here. If you are looking for a defensive player, which I think the giants would be open to.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing too, John, when, when you look at these mock drafts and you know, we all study the guys and gals that we think have the best, uh, sources to maybe have an understanding where some of these I'm starting to field calls from my guys around the league scouts that I work with or guys I've known for a long time and we're all kind of talking well how's the first 10 picks going to go and it seems like every single time it is initially it was Parsons was part of the early you know uh, the, the the defensive players that was going and then all of a sudden it's like the media scouts have all kind of taken a step back and, you know, you look at this, and if, you follow these dra- if you're following the draft, you know, they're the Cowboys, the first nine players are offensive players. And then you're, you get to pick the first defensive player. And if you're, if you're a team like the Giants or the Cowboys that are sitting there thinking about drafting a defensive player, do you have to worry about teams like Atlanta backing out? Now, if you get all the way to four, you're likely going to take a quarterback at that spot. But what happens if Atlanta comes closer to you? You know, now Atlanta might be in the mix for taking a defensive player, whether it's a a, a, a linebacker, a cornerback, or somebody like that. Carolina, that's another team that I have to worry about moving. somebody If, if somebody feels like the Cowboys or the Giants are going to take defensive players, you might get jumped because someone's going to say, well, listen, they're, they're not going to take an offensive guy. They're going to take a defensive guy. So, the Cowboys very well could lose Sertan. They could lose Horn. You know, they could lose Parsons. They could lose somebody that they might really like on defense and they, and it might be if they got stuck, you know, you mentioned defensive end. My, my personal favorite is ojalari from Georgia as my, you know, but man, I mean at 10, I'm kind of holding my breath a little bit on like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, but if you're t- but Sertan Horn, those guys. I-, I feel the most comfortable taking those guys. If you're a Cowboy fan at ten, and if you're the Giants, if you're looking for defense and help, you're probably in the same boat with these Cowboys of thinking about maybe losing your guy off
0: that board. Somebody trading ahead of you. Well, how would you order that, Brian? If I if on your big board, how do you have ordered Sertan Horn, Parsons, and then your edge guys? How do you have them stacked?
1: Yeah, I, I think that what the what the way I would do it is I have I have I have horn over sertan, me personally. This is again, John, my board. I have horn, sertan, and then I would have Parsons down on that. You know, I mean, I I'm I'm hearing things about Parsons. And again, I don't want to try and kill this kid. I really, really, really don't. But there are some, some things that people are talking about. Again, I visit with NFL scouts, much like you do. I mean, you visit with guys and they tell you, hey, this is what you have to look for in Parsons." There's thought about immaturity there, you know? There's, there. That's a big, big question with them. You know? And then also you have to look at what happened with their hazing incident and stuff like that. Where is that? You know, there were some things that were uh, some legal proceedings that you know, hopefully we'll get everything cleared up from that. But the biggest thing that scouts were telling me is, hey, there's an immaturity factor there. And and I was like going, oh, antennas up, you know, because, again, when you're picking that high in the order, you don't want you want the cleanest player you could take. You know, if if I'm going to take a chance on a guy in the third, fourth round, it's not going to kill me. Parsons is a heck of a player. We all know that. But if I start hearing a lot of red flags, then it kind of draws me maybe into another direction. The Cowboys, I know, have had a great success of taking offensive tackles, taking offensive linemen in the first round, and then them working out. So, you know, man, if that's the safer route to go, I, I, I have no problem with just taking the best player, being safe about it, and then look my other nine picks, again, for the Cowboys situation – Let me figure out how to address the defense or some of those other
0: positions. You know, I think the Giants would be a great litmus test for Parsons, actually, Brian, because they have Sean Spencer on their coaching staff. He was a defensive line coach there. He had him there for a couple of years. So if anyone's going to have intel on the kid, it's probably going to be the Giants, I would think. So I think that'll be interesting if he's there, whether or not they decide to go in that direction, put him next to Blake Martinez. Horn, Sertan. I think that's interesting because I think – Depending on the type of player you want, I can easily sell JC Horn as the top corner, right? I right. saw him on tape this year cover Kyle Pitts at 6'6, I saw him cover Elijah Moore at 5'9 180. And he covered both guys well. He'll play in the slot. You're not going to see Sertan do that. And you know, he, he grabs and pulls and stuff, but he, he hasn't right. he has that type of I'll take your best guy attitude you want. So I can see that. So I really feel like which one of those guys you want is almost dependent on your scheme, right, and how you want to use them.
1: Yeah, that's the. I think you bring up a great point, John, because with Horn, you are going to get a player that is super competitive, and you're right. And you know, when you're trying to figure out, okay, how do you deal with a Kyle Pitts? And you know, if you did, you watch the South Carolina Florida game. He's the one guy that actually frustrated Kyle Pitts, and you know, and again because. He's, he's a long guy. He's over six foot. He's 210 pounds, 208 pounds. He's going to hold, he's going to grab. Can he get away with those things, you know, in the national football league and he's super competitive. Sertan, he was born to play. I mean, we've got, it's so great. And I feel you say, Krusty, Krusty scouted all these guys, dads, that's how long, I mean, molding the kid from you know out Washington, the corner, I saw his dad play at Oregon, you know, I mean, 1996 draft. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that's so cool about these kids, but they're all from super competitive families. And the thing, if you're a Sertan fan, the thing you have to like about him is he was born to play this position. He's, He's done it very well at a very high level. He's played in huge games. We all know what Nick Saban does. Nick Saban coaches the secondary there at Alabama. These kids get coached hard. But people will tell you, well, hey, tell me the last great cornerback from Alabama. Tell me, you know, there's a lot of people that feel like that maybe that these kids play at such a high level. And then when they get to the pros, there's nothing left of them to do. There's nothing left of them. Whereas a lot of people believe Horn, his best football might be ahead of him. And so that's the trade-off. You take the safe guy that you know, or do you take the guy that's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. That might be a little bit of a, of a, of a risk there. Uh, for his uh, his ability and, and how he's going to play.
0: Before I jump to the old lines, I think it's an interesting group. How far do you think Caleb Farley tumbles here? Two back incidents and in ACL. Yeah. But boy, if you watch him on tape, I've never seen a guy, and he's a little sloppy with his technique. He's new right. to the position. He has to work on all that stuff. That's fine. But I've never seen a guy get beat by a couple steps and constantly, I don't care who he's playing, make up those those two steps with the ball in the air. He's unbelievable at it. Yeah, how no, far that, do you think? Yeah. He, uh, second round, are we talking? Are we talking 20 to 25? How far yeah. it tumble?
1: You know, again, for the Dallas Cowboys thought of this, and if you're a team that might be – I was asking some people around the league, some medical staffs, about where do you have this player? Where do you fail him? Is he going to be off boards? You know, the fact this is the second procedure he's had, you worry about a defensive back with a back issue. That There's no question. When this process all started, John, he was my top-rated cornerback. Yeah, me too. I had him. Horn and Sertan, all first round players. I think Newsom from Northwestern has got some uh, some really good ability as well. Could be in that mix if you really want a corner. But to me, with with the the things with Farley now, the back is going to drop him. And now, if again, if you're a team and, and the Cowboys have some compensatory picks. Again, I, I know where I'm on a Giants site here, but if you're a team that that really, if you feel like that the medical is not going to hurt him all that bad, take him where you think you need to take him. But if he drops, there's some teams, I'm talking with the Cowboys, 44, 75. Take those, try and move back into the bottom of that round. Now, people, it's sometimes it's easier said than done. But if you're a team that's thinking, hey, I've got a spot at 25 to say 33 that I would take this guy maybe you could get back in the bottom of that round. You have to have the ammunition or you have to have next year's picks to be able to pull that off. But as, as Cowboy people, I talk about it daily. I say, listen, say Dallas takes an offensive lineman or a tight end at 10, they get back in the bottom of the draft. Now, people sometimes aren't going to let you in because of the fifth year option stuff. But, you know, picks 44 and 75 in the second round, somebody might say, hey, that's worth it to me to get a couple of players there. And maybe you could get people to convince or you could get into where you could get a guy like Farley in the bottom
0: of the first round. How do you compare the top of this offensive line class, Brian, to last year's? I don't yeah. feel like the, especially Sewell. I don't think he's as good of an athlete yeah. as Worf's as Will's from last year, but he's just so big. I was surprised his arms didn't come in at over 34 inches. I thought they yeah. would after watching his tape. And I also feel like with Sewell that people like me and people in the media are a little bit higher on him. And people in the league, do you get that sense as well? How do you see the Slater Sewell? Where are they going to fall land? And then comparing to last year's class a little bit. More? Yeah, I think John, what, you know, you and I have
1: spent part of our life in Indianapolis at the combine, and <laughs> you know, and, and we miss those times. Trust me, I, I miss going to the combine. I miss seeing you. I miss seeing all the giant people there. Uh, the the thing about it is though, with the combine and these measurements, and, and I had a scout tell me this. I think it's a really, really, really good point. At the combine, when they measure the 325 players that come through there, it's one guy that does all the measurements for the hand and the arm and and the reach and all that stuff. One guy, one guy's responsible. So you have the same guy measuring arm length for all 325 players. Now, when you go to a pro day, certain scouts will be assigned, okay, you're in charge of hands, you're in charge of broad jump, you're in charge of the vertical, you get the arm link measurement. So you have all these different scouts measuring arm links. So you get, maybe some are doing it absolutely Mm -hmm. perfect. Maybe you're getting some guys that are getting it a little short, or maybe they're not getting into that joint where you need to start the tape and getting all the way out. (laughs) Maybe there's some sloppy measurements. So maybe these guys don't have as short as arms that, that we want to believe because we don't, we're having, various guys doing the measurements and some gals that are out there scouting too. maybe we have different people. And that might be a little bit of a problem for our consistency of the arm length. Now, with that being said, I feel like that with Sewell, what's interesting here is, and it reminds me very much of Tyron Smith when he came out of you uh, at a USC, but Tyron Smith was like a 285, 290 pound guy. Penny Sewell is a 330 pound guy. But, but my point is, Tyron Smith was like 19 years old blocking people, 20 years old block. This kid, when you, and the fact that he opted out, I'm, and you and I are watching tape of him, 19 years old blocking in the pack 12, you know, and I'm going, huh? Okay. Imagine this guy. Now when, once he learns how to hold trip and clip at age 28 <laughs> and how much of a better player he could be. And then imagine him at 32 Imagine him at 34, you know, and this guy, I mean, that's the great thing about that's the beauty about a guy like, like Penny Sewell. That's that big, that talented, that young. And it was Slater. I had a guy tell me a scout and not a, not a Dallas Cowboys. I just had a scout tell me this. He said, listen, Penny Sewell, if you were to play him at guard, could be the next Zach Martin could be, could be that type of a player. Could be like the guy at Indianapolis. He says, now at tackle? I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I He goes, I clearly got Sewell over Slater. He goes, and I'm like, but wait a minute, man. I'm watching him. We all talked about it. We all went and watched the Chase Young tape and watched all that. That's who he's going to be blocking, that kind of guy. He's like, yeah. But I think, again, this is a scout talking. He said, I think that he could be an all-pro guard for a long, long time if someone were to kick him inside. And just, and just play him that way and not play him at, at tackle. So, but I watch the tape like you do. I think he's a damn good tackle. Yeah, me too. But it just, it got the wheels turning in my head that like, and this same scout told me, John, he said, listen, the Derrishaw kid, Derrishaw kid from Virginia Tech, he says, that's a real tackle. That is a real tackle that you don't have any quit That's a big man. And he goes, he's big, he's square, he's mobile. You know, that is a real tackle. If you have questions about these tackles, he goes, don't have any questions about him. But I think it's a pretty deep group. You know, when you, you know, Ike from from uh, Notre Dame, Leatherwood from Alabama, Jenkins from Oklahoma State.
0: Uh, Mayfield, uh, Michigan.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mayfield. I mean, there's people that got Mayfield playing it, play, shipped him inside a guard. Yeah. So, you know yeah we'll see Vera Tucker from USC there's people like guard tackle with him maybe so yeah I, I think last year's group might have had a little bit of a, of a solid at the top because I remember coming on with you guys and I made a bold prediction about our guy that got drafted at Tampa I said I go that's Walter Jones you know that when I when I watched when I watched that kid I saw Walter Jones. And I'm glad to see, I was like, oh, God, did I just say that on giants.com? And I I did, but to me, you know, Tampa is a great pick and that's, that's, that's what this, I think this draft, that last draft, they had those guys that I thought were sure fire. I think Sewell, Slater, Dershow, Eigenberg, Leatherwood, all those guys, I, I think they're a good group and I'll be interested to see which one of those guys is the best out of the, say that five or six in that lot.
0: Well, and I think the Giants and Dallas might be making the same calculation then, Brian. If they get to 10 or 11, are they thinking to themselves, well, I feel like I can get a Cosme, a Mayfield, a Leatherwood in round two. Do I then go for the guy at the top of another position and then wait till that second round? I think that's a really interesting calculation that these teams are going to be making because you know how it goes. How rare is it that you have a deep offensive tackle class? You're lucky you get two plug-and-play offensive tackles in most drafts or one this draft, you got a bunch of them. So I think that's a calculation that a lot of teams will be making that you usually don't see get made in these drafts just because the class is so uniquely deep. If the Cowboys,
1: I'll just say this for the Cowboys sake, if the Cowboys take an offensive player at 10, they could turn around. And and I think the same thing you just said about the the tackles could be said about what's going to happen at quarterback. Mm. Again, I mentioned Farley, Samuel, Molden, Joseph, Melifonwu, Stokes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's like the kid out at Stanford, there's probably six, seven cornerbacks that are going to be there in the second round that were, if you need a corner, if you don't get one in the first, now we've seen this before, John, you and I have been a lot, part of a lot of drafts. When those cornerbacks start coming off the board, they start coming off the board. And so be ready for that. But, if you're a team picking at the top of the draft and you say, okay, we do need a corner in Dallas's case, Dallas could go back to back. They could take a corner at 10. They could take one at 44. And, and it would probably, it would help them tremendously. But I think there's some flexibility where if you took a defensive play, if you took a corner first and then want to swing back and grab an offensive tackle, you know, by all means, you could, you could absolutely do that and maybe even grab a guard or a center as well in that second to third round
0: level. Yeah. Or wide receiver, which is another or wide receiver. Thing. Yeah. Not for you guys, absolutely. but for the Giants. Yeah. So it's funny, like there isn't really a position scarcity in any of the giant needs. So they really can right. just pick the best guy, which right. is a rare luxury that you can have. And, you know, it's funny. I'm sure you, I'm sure you've studied them, but I know this is not something that Dallas will be looking at. How close do you have those guys at the top of the wide receiver? list. You, how yeah. interchangeable is it for me? Chase is the easy one for me. Right. And then I go back and forth depending on the day and the mood I'm in. If I like Waddle or Smith better.
1: Yeah. You know, I I'll say this though, John, I, i got chase as number one and I'm not saying that because I'm an LSU alum. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do love my tigers, but uh, yeah, he's great, man. Whew. Yeah. Chase, chase, chase with see, and I'll tell you this. And I know where I'm with a, a giants group right now. I with Philadelphia at six, I was honestly worried about them taking Chase or Pitts or one of those guys. Brian, we done, done traded 20 back. We traded back
0: on our shows about the Eagles and Cowboys. Oh my gosh, killing the Giants! I, I, Forget I, it. I
1: literally, <laughs> I, I, I did a cheer. I did a cheer. I went, I went. Oh, what did Howie just do? He traded back to twelve. I went, yes, yes, because I mean, he traded away. I mean, Philadelphia needs skill. They traded away from Chase and from Pitts. Now we'll see. Maybe Chase. I don't know. But I, I was excited for the. I was excited for the Cowboys because they traded out. But yeah, Pitts. I got Smith next, and then Waddle. And I'll tell you this. This is old Krusty. Krusty thinks that Smith is Marvin Harrison. I think Smith is Marvin Harrison.
0: By the way, the other comparison I heard for him, which you'll, I think you'll like because you're old school, is Isaac Bruce who also had a similar body type coming out. Absolutely. Absolutely. See,
1: I, I just, that type of guy, and I'll tell you this when I was in green Bay in working in in scouting there, John Gruden, and we had Isaac Bruce with a second round grade. John Gruden was our receivers coach at the time. Gruden's like, I don't care whatever you scouts say, every one of you are are wrong. Every one of you are wrong. And I I looked at him and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes at Isaac Bruce, Hall of Fame player, first round guy. He goes, you guys are giving him absolutely no credit for how good he is, and I'm like, well, okay, whatever. John Gruden, if you're listening to the Giant Podcast, you're absolutely right about that.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Look, the guy, look, he's 170 pounds, Brian, but you wouldn't know it if you watched the tape. No, no, no,
1: not
0: at all. Yeah, I mean, right about it. Look at it this way. So when people say NFL teams are worried about, it, and I've heard a lot of people whisper and say, Oh, he's 170 pounds, you know, that that that's not the prototype. Is it it impacting his play or is it durability that you think people are most concerned about with that?
1: You know, I think if you look at the questions will be about durability, but Dallas drafted CD Lamb last year. CeeDee Lamb is I wish I was as skinny as C.D. Lamb was. There is. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wish I was I wish I could go and get a shirts off the rack and it every my t- my shirt tucks in nice and you know, I wish I that was that. There there are narrow frame players playing in this league. The, the the whole idea though is and Alabama has done a good job with these receivers. These kids have come in and they've been all they've been all different types of body types. The Julio Jones, the Amari Coopers, I mean, they, they've done a great job with the different types of body types. Jerry Judy, I mean, they've got different size guys. The bottom line is, how do they make plays? And this kid goes and gets the football. He, he. I mean, night or day after day, when you watch him play, and again, against my alma mater in LSU, he had like 200-something yards catching the ball. They finally took him out of the game, and it's I thank God they did. But his route running, his red zone play, his toughness—I mean, run after catch—I mean, that's big for Alabama. It's underneath and go, and these guys, him and Waddle, those guys explode. And so, yeah, do it, it, you know? Do I worry about a team like the Giants or Philly or somebody getting? So, absolutely, I do, because these are really, really good football players. The body type—I think—with the way they protect receivers nowadays with the hits and things like that, and they keep the separation, you know, at the line and things,
0: these kids will be just fine. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I agree 100%. Limited Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Hey, Giant fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to 250 bucks when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants member FDIC. Don't miss it on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888 nyg 1925 or visit giants.com slash suites for more information. We kind of touched on edge rushers earlier. I want to go yeah. back there. This is as big. And look, I know edge rushers is always a risky position to pick in the first round. Anyway, any team's reach. And we've all seen a lot of misses in the first round when it comes to edge yes. guys. But I think if you look at every guy in this class, they all have something you're like, Ugh. you know, Ojalari, the great around the edge, great hand usage. Right. But power strength. Can he get inside? Right. Quiddi Pay, where's the production? We like everything else. Jason Oway, where's the production? We love the athletic testing. Um, Gregory Rousseau, real big kid, long, but all the sack production came from rushing inside. How does that help me mm-hmm. for an edge player? So go down the list. Everyone's, and then you have Jalen Phillips, who I thought was the best edge rusher on tape. If you if he didn't have any yeah. concussions, he's a top ten pick. Give me Jalen yeah. Phillips all day, but I can't roll the dice on that. have you seen a class like this before at the position where everyone is something where you're like legitimately, boy, that could be a real problem.
1: This is, this is one of the scariest defensive end classes I've done in a long time. And I've been at this since 1992, you know, and I, I, you mentioned Ojolari, my top two are Ojolari and Phillips. I tried to just say, what was the best tape? You're right about Phillips and the concussions and things like that. I wonder about quitty pay. I really, really do. The body type bothers me how the short, he's kind of a, a he's like a, what we call a high cut guy. He's got a short body, a long leg. I mean, there's things about him that it scare me away is I, he might be the one guy from Penn state. The measurables are freakish. The numbers are freakish. The kid has not played a lot of football. And, and that, and now, I mean, do you, do you draft a project? Can you get him to, and I know he went to Penn state and I, I know we should respect that and stuff, but I look at him and I'm thinking like, man, that could be huge boomer bust. Basham from Wake Forest is another guy. Rousseau. I mean, you mentioned him, the production kicking him in at defensive tackle is better than it is playing on the outside. I, I think that people have got him way highly overrated. I I really there's a kid at Washington, John, that not many people are talking about. I'm not saying he's a, yeah, yeah. That's to me. That's when you watch him play, you see edge rush, you see against the run. It's very complete. It's a very complete player, and you know, I I just. Out of all those guys, I'm thinking, okay, who is the safest one? Who is the one again? And, and it sounds like you and I are talking about safe draft, safe draft. No, but when you're picking these defensive ends, you have to, you, you have to, you. It's going to be tough because each one of them, as you mentioned, you've got something that you say, man, that just bothers me. Can I put this aside and not think about it? But it's really, really hard with this group. It really, really. Is.
0: Yeah, I think it's a challenge. I do. It is. And and I wonder if that's why I think you almost have to wait till the second round, right? I'm not sure if you can sit there and use a top 10 or 11 pick on one of these guys where you could be looking at in two years and and, and you have a big zero. I just, for me, I'm not sure that I'm that brave, especially when you have these teams so tightly packed in this division. And, you know, they're all kind of on the precipice, right? Where they can go up, they can go down, depending on how this whole thing goes.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing about I think the guy too, like I said, Ojalari If 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 I were the Giants or the Cowboys, if I was stuck at ten or eleven and I had to pick an end, they, I can't back out. I can't move. I would take Ojalari. I just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll the dice that that's the that's the right way to go. But it's a, it's a scary group overall. It really really is.
0: What do you think the opportunities might be, Brian, for a trade down um, from that spot at ten or eleven? Will a quarterback have to be there? If someone else unexpected drops, like maybe one of those receivers is left, someone wants to move up. Is that a possibility? Or do you think just once those quarterbacks are gone, any chance at the trade downs? And the other thing I'm thinking about too, right? Like if you're New England at 15, no one between 10 and 15 has taken a quarterback, right? Right. And do they just wait then? How do you see a potential trade on opportunity if you're sitting there, you know, for Dallas, for you at 10? And then we've been talking about that too with the Giants at 11.
1: Yeah, I think to me, and this is—I I did this on the radio the other day. I, I think it's always good to have a quarterback there, in order for somebody to come up with. If it's the last guy, I saw—I saw a couple of mock drafts, and, and the first one I saw today, and I'm trying to think of whose mock draft it was. I went on, on NFL.com, but it was a—it was a trade where New England, New England got all the way to four. Oh, so wow! So New England went from New England went from fifteen to four with Atlanta. And then went and got their quarterback, and then Carolina traded back, but Carolina traded back in a way to to draft uh, with Arizona to get pits. So Arizona came up, and I I hadn't seen that, and that was that was that was a new way of doing things. Uh, Oh, it was a Peter Schrager from in from Good Morning Football. It was his draft. But all right, for the Cowboys, I was trying to think if you wanted a corner, if you wanted to get cute again, if just trade back. And I'm, I'm thinking if you're a team that needs a corner, if you're a team that needs a corner, I'm looking at it as, will somebody let you back in? Because what's happened is, and I did this for my show, you trade back looking for a corner. The Chargers at 13. Okay, either first or second primary need is a corner. Chargers at 13. Patriots at 15. Arizona at 16. Raiders at 17. Bears at 20, Tennessee at 22, Cleveland at 26, Saints at 28, Green Bay at 29. Is anybody going to let you trade back to grab a corner? You know, where, okay, if you say, okay, where can we get in order to make sure that we get, say, Horn? Where do we, now, if you're comfortable taking Newsom, you know, okay, where do you have to get, I just named off, what is that like, uh, for like 10, 12 teams that need a quarterback. So if, if they know that you need a corner, Dallas is trading back for what are they, they going to get Dallas needs to pick the corner. If you're a team up there that needs a pick the corner, because behind you, you know, now if you're in a different situation, like with, you're talking about with the Giants, and you, what would you say your primary need is?
0: Your I would say end? you're looking at wide receiver, edge rusher, yeah. and maybe one or two, to be honest with you. Those yeah. are the three spots. Okay,
1: okay. so wide receiver, you feel like you got that kind of on lockdown. You know, you're probably going to get – if you stand there at 11 and pick a wide receiver, I think you're going to get a pretty
0: good play. Do you think one of those I, top three will make it to 11? I, I think that you – have.
1: I think you'd have a shot. I think you'd have a shot at like a guy – I think that either Waddle or Smith – I think either Waddle or Smith could get, could very well get to you. So, you know, but I, I've kept having like Detroit take Smith. I, I have a mock draft. I see it's Detroit's got Smith, but maybe Waddle gets to you. Hell Tony's a good player. Bateman's a good player. Marshall's a good player. I mean, these are good players, There's, but I don't know if you want to take Tony at 11. I think you'd want to take Smith or Waddle or one of those guys for sure. But, uh, you know, it might be the Giants might get uh, a little aggressive and say, well, we'll go to Denver at nine. And maybe you assure yourself of getting that Carolina at eight is a team that can move. I don't know if Gettleman would do that. That's kind of not his MO, but maybe it might show your fan base. Oh, Hey, we're trying to go get some weapons here. We're trying to go get some guys that could actually help us play. Let's, you know, let's do that. But uh, I, I, I kind of feel like, that. that to me, your best bet would be to grab the best wide receiver as opposed to a defensive end or maybe the corner. If Dallas gets gets Sertan and Horn's on the board, I would applaud you guys on draft night if you drafted Horn as a corner. I'd say they just got a competitive SOB that's going to cover and play well.
0: Just for fun, what do you think Atlanta – and me and you were texting back and forth today. I'm curious what you think. What do you think Atlanta's doing it for – because I really think they're going to swing this draft. If they take that fourth quarterback, it becomes real simple for teams. If they don't, and they pick a position player, then Mm -hmm. I think it gets a little bit tricky of how the rest of that first, you know, 10 picks might go.
1: Yeah. I thought Atlanta, when you and I were talking, I I was very curious. I appreciate you getting back to me the way you did. Uh, I, I think Atlanta, I know their guys. Well, I know their guys. Well, and in talking with them about it, the, the stuff you're hearing about them being open for business, for a trade, is true. They're, they're open. They're open to it. But they're not just going to give their pick away. They're just not. So if you're willing to go up there and make it worth their while, I don't think they want to fall too far. But I've, I've kind of got them in a mode right now where could they take the best player? Could the best player... How high on the board is a guy like
0: Pitts? I mean, Pitts is would have a to be weapon? the guy, right? It, I mean, he would, it would have yeah, to is be. Is that
1: Kansas. a weapon? Is that one of those things you're looking at other teams? You're looking at the Kansas cities of the world. You know, you're looking at San Francisco's of the world and the way that they play with the tight end and the way it opens things up. I mean, can you extend Matt Ryan's career another couple of years with, with a guy like that? Or are they going to take an offensive lineman? I mean, I, I think that they – I. They don't, nobody wants to be picking in the top 10 anymore. I mean, you want to, ideally you want to be out of that, but this might be Atlanta's one opportunity to go ahead and grab that quarterback, let him sit. And then next year we'll work with what we have to work with. But I, I, I think they're, I I think they're open to trade. And if, and if, if, if you put it, if you, if you kind of held their feet to the fire right now, I think they would stand in there and pick but they're open. They're open to trade, but I think you, you, and it sounds like I'm riding the fence, but that's the answer that I got from them. That hey, we'll we'll listen, but don't be surprised if we stand in here and make a pick.
0: So if you're sitting there then in your Cincinnati I know most people are assuming they're taking the offensive tackle, look, they have Jonah Williams. They signed Chase. Riley Reef. Who's he's okay. You know, Riley Reef's not a bum, he's he's a starting sure. tackle in the league. Sure. If they're staring at Jamar Chase, a guy that caught twenty yeah. touchdowns from Joe Burrow or Kyle yeah. Pitts, you put him with Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. Yeah. I mean, you can find an off. We've talked about it, right? You can find an offensive yeah. lineman in the second yeah. round. Absolutely, yeah.
1: And you know, if you look at Cincinnati, they've had some bad luck with first round offensive tackles. they've had some history of some bad luck with that. So it might be. I, I think that I think that they would want to do. They, they're going to have the best scouting report ever on Chase. Because of Joe Burrow being there. There, they, Joe Burrow is going to be able to tell uh, tell that scouting department, tell the Brown family and the Tobin family that this is what this kid can do. He's a great human being. And I love him. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. There could be that connection there. And Joe Burrow and Chase, I I know everybody had him taking Penny Sewell the tackle. They still could. They still absolutely could. But I think if they add another weapon and then turn around in the top of the second and grab one of these offensive tackles that we're talking about, I think their draft could be really, really good.
0: No, I'm with you. I've asked this question to other people. I think you're the perfect person to answer it as someone that's been in probably more war rooms and draft rooms than anyone I've talked to. How is this going to be different, Brian, in terms of scouts not being on campuses, in terms of these, you mentioned the measurements could not be the same from school right. to school. You know, I heard you talking the other day on one of your shows uh, that Ohio State's 40-yard dash is on a downward slope. It's, it's downhill, it right? So is it taking the time seriously? Is it the, the, the medical? Is it the interviews? Is it the off-the-field stuff? What's going to be different here, and how will that affect decision makers?
1: John, the 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 Krusties are all sitting there right now, trying to put together a board without a really clear picture of a lot of these guys' medicals. That's a problem. And you know, the one great thing about the combine when you and I used to go and talk and visit with people is, we saw all the doctors and medical personnel. We walked through the streets of Indianapolis together and saw the hospitals and the MRI tubes and. You know these trainers and doctors going and you know and that to me the combine wasn't always about the height weights and speeds of the interviews the combine was about the medical the combine was letting me know that this player that i'm about to draft doesn't have a heart condition or or like caleb farley doesn't have a back problem you know that is the thing and every guy that i've talked to and some gals that are in this business They tell me they're like, listen, we're terrified of the medical. There used to be a time when I started in the league in 1992 where you could go to a school and get the medical information. You'd have a whole folder on the players. Now, because of HIPAA laws, you can't do that anymore. So that is a problem. And so these teams are flying blind that way. The Zoom calls and stuff like that. Yeah, you could get to know a kid a little bit. You know, it's we're all kind of doing that in society and learning about things but the medicals are going to be a problem for a lot of these teams. And I'll have a, I'll have a, uh, my guess is when we get to training camp and we start to really teams will start to say, Oh, well, this guy can't do this. And this guy can't do that. It might be because of some pre-existing conditions that we could have found out at the combine that we're now having to find out during OTAs, mini camp, and then maybe into our training camp practices.
0: All right, what's the one main thing you're thinking about in the top 10 that could impact who could reach the Giants at number 11?
1: Yeah. I think that where where John where you and I are sitting at 10 and 11, I think that you get, we're going to need these we're going to need these quarterbacks all to go. You know, and, and, and it's always been of a position where if you're not going to take one of these quarterbacks, the more that guys go that you're not going to take, just go ahead and push you know, push guys down to you. Now, I think you're in a good position. Like I say, if you want Ojolari, that's great for the defensive end aspect. You know, we'll see what happens. You're going to have to worry about Dallas. If you want a cornerback, you're going to have to worry about maybe Denver at nine, you know, if you're looking at cornerback. But I think you guys are in a really good spot for a wide receiver. I really do. And I think we'll have, we saw it a little bit last year that in my board, CeeDee Lamb, and I'm not just saying because he was the Cowboys pick, but he was my number one wide receiver. And the fact he got to 17, I think that maybe these people are going to say there's a lot of value in wide receivers and we don't have to grab it now. And I think, I think, you know, I think a team like the giants sitting 11, I think you're going to get a really skill a a good skill player there and one that can likely help your young quarterback. That's I think with Jason Garrett and the staff and stuff like that, you know, it's clear that's the giants, you need weapons, you know, they, in this, in this, uh, in this division, you need to be able to attack people. In the NFL, you need to be able to attack people. Nothing against the guys that play playing for the Giants because I felt like there were some guys. But if you added one or two more guys to that offense, it's clearly going to help that, that quarterback. Having the running back back healthy will help that offense. So, uh, yeah, I'm scared about you guys grabbing a wide receiver and grabbing
0: a really good one. If you were to give me your – I don't know how big the tier is. You can tell me on your big board. You know, yeah. you split it up. You have how XO, how many first round players you have? First of all, on, on, on your this year, you have 19. 19. All 19. Right. Now, obviously that's not all 19 equally graded players. How many guys are in that top tier of non-quarterbacks? Is it four? Is it five? Is it seven that you think are like true knock dead top 10 guys? How many do you have in that group?
1: Yeah, I would say to me, just looking at the positions, I would say Chase Smith hits Sewell. And then I would go the two, well, you said non-quarterbacks. That was it. So I had, I had, I had, I had uh, two wide receivers, a tight end, and an offensive tackle is where I had is this tr- true knocked out. Now again, take all the other quarterback, take the quarterbacks out of the mix. Like I say, I got Chase, Smith, and Waddle as my three first round wide receivers. Pitts is my first-round tight end. Sewell, Slater, Derrishal as my three tackles. Vera Tucker from USC is my guard. No centers. Four quarterbacks. And then you get into the defensive guys. Ojolari, Phillips on the edge. I don't have any any defensive tackles as first-round players. Uh, I have Parsons as the first-round inside linebacker. Then Horn, Sertan, Newsom. And then Coramora, I have as a safety. I don't have him at linebacker. I think Coramora is going to play strong safety in the league. So those are my guys right now. It's a, it's a, it's usually I'll have somewhere between 18 and 21. So I'm right where I'm usually at when it comes to those first round grades.
0: It was funny watching Coramora. He reminds me of Jabril Peppers and Landon Collins, two guys that I've seen here with the giants. That's who he reminds me of, to be honest with the way he moves. That's what I think of when I watch him. Absolutely. Yep. You're absolutely right. All right, final question, and do you giant fans into the division, so I ask you one question about Dallas. The Dak Prescott thing, was that just like a huge sigh of relief for everybody down there? Were they? Was it universally praised? Were fans – you know, fans are weird. Were they annoyed about it? What was the whole reaction to the Dak melodrama being solved and kind of now where the Cowboys are moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think there was a lot of – John, to be honest with you, I think there was a lot of, okay, why wasn't this done sooner, Ben? You know, there was why – why do you spend an extra 10 to $15 million a year on a contract that should have been done two years ago? I will say this for folks listening. And again, I do appreciate the giants fan. I think they're great football fans. I'm saying that with all sincerity, a guy that travels around the league, most knowledgeable football fans I've ever been around in my life. And I know they probably uh, have some, you guys go back and forth on some things, but I do respect them. Uh, the answer I'll give you about the, about with, with Dak is, Two years ago, I believe that was on, it was on, uh, on Stephen Jones and the front office for not signing him. Jerry Jones was coming into meetings and on Monday mornings was saying, is this really our guy? Is this really our guy? And I think the organization took that hint from Jerry as like, well, let's see, let's see. Let's go to last year. You look Which Brian? At, you by look the way, at, I don't
0: mean to interrupt you, but just a couple of Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. There is a danger yeah. to going too early. You can yeah. regret it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and 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 in talking to the Eagles guys, they were worried. The reason why they did the Wentz deal was they were worried that Jerry at that time was going to spend forty million dollars on Dak Prescott back then. That's what the Giant. That's why Howie and them went. They were worried that Dallas was going to be the team that was going to overpay Dak wildly. And then that the the Eagles were not going to be able, so they went to you know with their extension, so that's why they got that. But to you know if you look at Todd France, the agent, Todd France shifted his his uh, his employment from one group to another. So he was last year he had three players that played on the franchise tag. Uh, Bud Dupree was one of them, and then our safety uh, Simmons at Denver, and then Dak Prescott. He got no players signed. No top player signed, So, but he was changing from one agency to another. And so we're all like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He's not going to sign Dak Prescott up with his former group. You know, he's not going to let them get the benefit of the contract and the money and all that. So he was shopping himself, and he finally was able to move after the fact. They're like, well, we couldn't get anything done. So two years ago, blame it on Jerry and Steve in the front office. Last year, I think the agent had something to do with them not signing. But at the end of the day, the Cowboys got their quarterback done, expensively got it done, and then Dak Prescott got got the money and Todd France, the agent got his fee and his new agency, uh, was able to benefit from those contracts. So a lot going on there. and I know it sounded kind of crazy like I'm juggling chainsaws, but that's really what it was. We were all like – this should have been done years ago, and it wasn't done years ago. And and the, the Cowboys paid for it, though, to, to make sure they
0: got it done. Brian, good stuff, my friend. Always a pleasure. It's a shame we're not doing this in person in Indy. It is what it is. Enjoy the yeah. next couple of weeks. We're kind of in the home stretch here. It's going to be fun, and hopefully I'll see you at some point during the season. All right, brother?
1: That sounds great. And, yeah, three weeks from tonight, we're drafted players. And I just want to remind you, John, don't take any players that I like, okay? You take, you take this, you keep away from my guys. All right.
0: And I'll keep away from your guys. Right. Remember the, these picks swap. So you guys can kill the giants in first round (laughs) one round two comes along shoes on the other foot, my friend. I know. And
1: I I worry about that. I do worry about that. So yeah, be, don't, don't, (laughs) don't don't take too many of our guys and we'll try not to take too many of your guys. All right.
0: Fair enough, my friend. Oh, by the way, do you want to tell the folks stuff that you're doing things that they should check out? Twitter, yeah, radio, no, podcast, you, you whatever. Was,
1: you were, yeah. You were very nice. Uh, uh, doing Monday through Friday, one Oh five, three, the fan here in Dallas. Uh, you know, we we're check us out on that uh, two to seven every day. If you're interested, we do a lot of Cowboys talk. I know it's probably not making giants fans happy to hear that, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the stuff too, with the draft show. And John mentioned that uh, that's also a DallasCowboys.com platform. John's right. We just don't talk about the Cowboys. We have myself, Bucky Brooks, Dane Brugler, uh, David Helman. We have a lot of guys that really, really cover the draft, work hard at it. We'll talk about all players on that. So if you're interested, the draft show it's on, you can go to say DallasCowboys.com, all the platforms for that. I think Apple and all that. So you can just check it out, the draft show. And and, uh, we thank you for doing that.
0: By the way, is there anything you want me to pass on to Bucky Brooks? I have him tomorrow for ten or fifteen minutes that you want me to bust his chops on.
1: No, I will tell you what, Bucky's a good guy, and I, I do that enough. Bucky and I do a lot enough shows together. Bucky's a you know he does TV now. Yeah, you know, he's not a radio guy. He does TV, so you know he's got a he's got a, he's one of these guys that always looks good. Hey, John, I even wore a nice shirt for you tonight. You know, in radio, yeah, it has buttons. You can slob it up. Sometimes you can slob it
0: up. And I, I actually wore a nice shirt for you tonight. Yeah, brought us with buttons. I, that that That's huge. Trust that's me. not good, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, my bad. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you, my friend. Be safe out there.
0: Brian brought us on the Giants Huddle podcast on the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank. You can find it on Giants.com slash podcast at Giants Mobile App and your favorite podcast platforms. We thank Brian for joining us. I'm John Schmunk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle.